is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. That's what we're calling. Oh no, I messed up! I messed up! I should try to start over. No, I shouldn't. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Burning One Football Show. Whip, 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 whip. What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, Pete doesn't listen to podcasts. He's so bad. We've been doing this for weeks. Ever since this first started, he 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 names the. The, day, the show, the day that I'm on, he just names it after me. It's the Brady so, Quinn football and show. And you, you haven't been to a club in how long? When was the last time you went to a club? Oh, I've been in a club recently. Recently? And then you know the, the sound we're making. It's annoying. It is annoying, but that's why we do it. The listeners kind of like it? I don't know. No chance. Will Brinton, Brady Quinn, Pete Briscoe. Why were you saying I wasn't in a club lately? I just want to thought. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, Brady? Your partying days are behind you. No, I go party with me and my wife go party all the time. Wow. Blue Martini. Go to Fort well, I like Lauderdale. The Martini. That's Fort not Lauderdale. a club. That's a they chain have, restaurant. They have bands. They have live music. Right. What are you talking about? Like, oh, oh, you go there an actual club. club. Oh, with like a, a DJ a, and they have bottle service? I don't do that. <laughs> do you I don't do that? <laughs> I, every, every once in a blue moon now, club, I'm closer to a club that you go to? Live. In, in Miami. Yeah, in South uh, Florida. How about, how about in Fort Lauderdale? There's no clubs there. I'm not traveling out of the quadrant to go to a club. <laughs> let's, let's move off the subject, right? Beats well, you got, better, you got better subjects. Well, I know. I was going to ask you. Well, first off, we were delayed in taping this because you had to age, go to the bathroom. You had to go, use the, you had to go take yeah. it. No, okay. I'm sick, so I'm drinking a lot of fluids. Yeah, that's true. You are sick. But it, it brought up the subject of urinal etiquette. Yes, urinal etiquette. Urinal etiquette because they have four there's four urinals in there. Now they do have dividers, which it's 2019. Can we not put in dividers now on urinals like in bathrooms? No. You want them in there. What? Yeah, why would you not? Yeah. Right, you want them in there. Exactly. I'm saying now they do have them, but some places still don't. That's terrible. It's yeah. awful. It's, it's weird. A, it's just it's is, just weird. That is terrible. And even worse is the trough. Some places still have troughs. The trough is terrible. The trough, the trough is, is the worst. How does it still exist? Wrigley Field, Field, Cameron Indoor Stadium has troughs. Yeah, and a lot of old stadiums have troughs. Yeah, yeah. And people turn to you and say, hey, nice watch, Brady. Right. I'm like, thanks. Oh, wait, right. what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. What's and he looking the at? trough is terrible. Yeah, nice watch, trough, Brady. Yeah. Trough is terrible. So, so the whole point is this, though. So, you know, if there's a trough, you probably just go into the stall. Probably. Okay, yeah. here, here's the crazy thing. You know where there's a trough at? So I'm from Dublin, Ohio. They have a memorial tournament. It's Jack's tournament. Jack Nicholas, the famed Jack Nicholas, his tournament. One of the bathrooms, like off one of the holes, has a trough. It has some stalls and a trough. So these professional golfers, if they have to hit the head before they hit the next tee, they literally are, are going in, I guess, with other patrons. Why don't they just go the in the trough. woods? <laughs> I think that yeah. I think you, you, you get in trouble for that. Well, you're you're tournament. Tournament. Oh, tournament. Right, 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 hey, right, hey right, by the way, uh, no, Brits, not you drunk. By like, the way, at the tournament. Yeah. that bathroom in there right now. As the presumption the after, that I would be drunk playing as golf. the afternoon closes in on us now. There's like a green fog hanging over that bathroom. Over what? It's awful in there. Well, the whole point was this: I walked in. And there's Some four. Sat next there's to you? four urinals. A guy went right next to me in the next one. I'm thinking, not, it's yeah, like not. when you're at the gym and you walk in and there's like a row of treadmills and somebody's working out on right. one and you go straight right to the one. You know what I do? Like, what do you do? You do, know what I do? Do you exist with other humans? Do you know how humans interact? What is your problem, you freak? So you don't That's know. What my you don't know. The, you don't know the Prisco. He moves. I move. If somebody you follow him, I leave. Wait, I go to another treadmill. If he comes and gives, if, got, if I'm on my treadmill and somebody comes on that treadmill, I go to another one. If I'm at the beach and somebody comes within like 30 yards of me, I tell my wife, I go, we're See, moving. I, I just literally put my treadmill on a faster speed and a little bit more of an incline, and I just try to literally run them off to you make them what, feel bad. You know what myself. I do is I, I start singing. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. Or I like pretend like I'm on a phone. Like, hey, Steve, we got to buy and sell. <laughs> don't you, hey, don't you, don't you hate, like, if you go to the beach and you get a little area and somebody comes. There's an entire beach. Yeah, they come right next Why to you. Why are you next to me? Yeah. Hey, Pete, maybe they want to check you out, buddy. No, you know what I do? I get up and move. All right. That's fine. Well, is anyway, that rude? So the issue with the urinal is you're not going to be able to just stop, flow, and move. That's kind of awkward. But anyway, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm not sure what the point is, why they do that. Like, are they that unaware of urinal yeah. etiquette? Has yeah. to be. It's, it's, people not know you, about that? For you, it could even be potentially like, oh, I think that's Brady Quinn. I'm going to go sit next to him and like, see Yeah, so then I pulled a Jay, Jay Keller. Don't care. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it my mom went situation. to Notre Dame, too. He's like, don't care. So, so basically... The guy got in the same in the urinal right next to you. Yeah, I, I almost asked him if he just wanted to join. Like, hey, you just want to come on this yeah. side, join Take me? Take this partition down. Hey, do you think that this qualifies as your analysis? Uh, <laughs> well done. Well done. It is good. the puns. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Is, there, is there anything His left to talk about? His life is a about? pun. Football. What's that? His life is a pun. 
My life is a joke. You're right, Pete. Um, <laughs> Pete will be joining the CBS Sports HQ crew in a couple of minutes. You can watch us all on CBS Sports HQ throughout the week. The Pick 6 Podcast Rundown, noon to 1 Eastern live. Coming up on today's show, because we're recording this on Wednesday for Thursday, we will have Russell Wilson, Stefan Diggs. Pretty exciting stuff, so make sure and check that Can't out. Can't wait to see Russell and Pete interact. Yeah, uh, Pete's going to run it high. Am I going to be on that? If you want. <laughs> This is the fame moment where Pete has to go eye to eye, toe to toe. What do you want me to say? You've been complimentary this year of him, though. Very. Yeah. yeah. I think Russell would see you and be like, "Hey, what's up, Pete? Can 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 we discuss, or has it already been discussed, the officiating with Roger Goodell? No, no, no. Just, this is, oh my God. You see, you're good at this. This is almost like you should get your own radio show, like, and maybe be a host. He doesn't no. have his own radio show. Bruce Burry drives that show. Yeah, he drives it. I'm just there. But you have two, you have two radio shows. Technically, yeah. But then Jonas Knox drives that show on, on Fox. Anyway. He doesn't right, drive you're any just, radio. You're just and then when he's on, anything Brady does with me, I drive it. That, anything no, you do, I actually host the Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, but I drive Can we get it back to talking about. But anything, yeah, so, drive this. so Roger Goodell, what did Roger Goodell say that stood out to you, Brady? Because Roger Goodell did his annual Super Bowl State yeah. of the Union. I'm not actually going to say anything while discussing a lot of things. Blah blah blah. So, so I think conference. I think the thing that everyone wants to know, and it was crazy that it took them what five questions to get to the officiating in the NFC Championship game. That blew my mind. Uh, but I get it. Other people have different prerogatives. Uh, Rooney Rule, London. There's a lot of other things that are brought up. Raiders. But in regards to the officiating, it was interesting how he kind of put it on the competition committee. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I really took away from that was he talked about the unintended, un- unintended consequences. Now, I had a chance to speak with Rich McKay, who's the head of the competition committee, a couple weeks ago. Uh, really, after following the game that, that next Monday, Tuesday. And the term that he used was unintended consequences. So I think they're all on the same page in what would be the solution to that. What implementing, is the solution to that? Imp- implementing replay and allowing you to be able to go back or, or, ha- or instituting the ability for an official up in the booth would have the ability to go back, look at the play, and then buzz down there and every basically play. throw a flag. Every play. Not, well, potentially every play, but that's, that's where I think it's not as easy of a transition right. to that as people think. Because my, my whole point to it, and if you go back and read the quotes, he talked about player safety. Because that's how it's implemented in college. So you have two replay officials up in the booth, and any scoring play is going to be reviewed, right? Any play within a certain amount of time in the game is is subject for review. And then plays that involve player safety. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because that would have solved the situation of that play. There was an issue with player safety in that play. There was a hit to a defenseless, defenseless player to the head and neck area. That would have immediately allowed that official up in the booth to buzz down, throw a flag. There's no fans or butts. Then not only are the Saints awarded a first automatic first down, it would have been the same outcome essentially that we they would have gotten with the automatic first down from okay, the pass interference. Let me ask you this: the grabbing of the face mask on Jared Goff that would have given them a first first. First off, goal. I didn't think it was a penalty in the first place. I've talked to Dean Blandino about it, Mike Prayer about it. They they're on my page with that. They Why, agree. You thought it was a brush. It was a brush. He didn't grab. He didn't pull uh, it. Yeah, he didn't affect the play. He put his hands in it. That, that's your opinion. I'm just telling you what other experts who have been the VP of officiating well, in the NFL well, have given you. We see how good the officiating is in the NFL. But again, these Those are two, two were experts. Two guys who were some of the I best. Thought he, out I thought they grabbed it. But let's just say you say he didn't grab it. I say he grabbed it. They can't review that, right? Well, no. It was a no call. Right. So as I'm saying, you're not obviously instituting replay in, in the elements of being able to make the call so or you not. Can't, you, so you're not going to review all the calls. You make everything subject to a review by the booth. But, but, okay, but that's no called. Call. No call. If it's not called, well then, then let's just say there wasn't a helmet to helmet hit on the, on the play. That's a hypothetical. That's not well, reality. Let's just say if it wasn't. Okay. It was pass interference. Well, the first thing is, let's be honest, the solution to all of this is, and Roger Goodell admitted that, was you get the call right. You get the, you get, yeah, you get the right the first time. Point. Right? So, so the facade of having what, 24 officials now that are, are full time paid, it's not enough. Get them all. Get them all. Spend the money to make all these guys full-time. Add another one onto the field, too. You can add another one on the field. You can add two up in the booth. However many you need. I don't even care if you actually use the cameras that the broadcast has. That's out, you know, that's for each spot in the game. Assign an official to each one of those cameras and looking for a foul. If you want to do it like that. The officiating has always had major mistakes. It's just now they're magnified. Because because you have technology. Right. So, so my issue with putting a guy up in the booth, and people have talked about that, like we said, Rich McKay, Roger Goodell, the unintended consequences is your whole thing is, well, if you put a guy up there and everything's reviewable, there's going to be fouls in every single play. So let's not do that. I think you only make 
you either only allow coaches to challenge certain plays and specifically. So, for example, in that instance where if there wasn't a, a hit to a defenseless player, you would then say the coach can say, I'm challenging whether or not it was pass interference on Tommy Lee Lewis. Like if and they, they go, go back to the Canadian Football League. Exactly. That's how I think you solve that issue. You, you allow them to use a challenge to do so. And you don't make it every single penalty on that play. Right. You make it that specific, okay. that specific and you get, no call. You get like one challenge or something? Two challenges, whatever. And, well, and if and you don't get it, you lose the timeout. If coaches, you do get it, you keep it. There's more strategy for the coaches. They'll yeah. love that. They already have challenges implemented. But why would you attach to more? That? You're not adding more challenges. You're, you're adding more to that. You're, 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 it allows the strategy of the game to actually take place. I, I, What's yeah, wrong think, with that? I, and, and Jamie, you want to put more pressure on head coaches? Yeah, I do. You'd rather put more pressure on officials? No, I'd rather put it on head coaches. You're, you're I would the, too. By the way, Pete, I have some exciting news for you. Your presence on this podcast with me and Brady has gotten you out of your HQ hill. They've excused wow. you so you can hang out and talk longer. Pretty excited. How huh? about that? I'm okay with that. I know you are, and I just want to let you know that, and so you didn't jump up and you can keep arguing with Brady about pass interference. No, I'm, I'm, we're not arguing. We're in agreement. But I, so, are you going to make? If you want to make the coaches challenge it, are you going to make the pass interference or subjective call a different challenge than a normal challenge? Well, right. And Roger Goodell talked Purple about flag, that. Right? Like subjective yellow, like, penalties, they aren't. You're not able to challenge it yet, right? Not right. reviewable. And, and and that's why they want to give because there's a couple issues. Give them one more for subjective penalties. Well, no, 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 no. Just hear me out. So the first issue with we've been hearing you out this whole podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you asked a question. You didn't really finish <laughs> what I was saying. So. If, if you're, you don't have subjective penalties now reviewable, right? Maybe you, you want to change that and how you view it. And maybe you want to change that with it via a challenge. So you make it more strategic. I think the other issue with at least coaches and, and Roger Gale talked about the pushback that they may receive. Cause if you're a coach and you're on the field and you can understand this, or even as a player, you know which officials are assigned to you. So if there's a no call or if there is a call, you can go talk to that guy. Right. You can get an explanation right. of it. If a guy in a booth or a guy in New York's making that call, you don't have the ability to do that. So that's part of the issue is these coaches want to have face-to-face interaction and communication with the guys who are responsible for the calls. They don't have that if you're putting it up in the booth or you're putting it back in New York. So that's why I said you'd only make it in certain instances. So two minutes at the end of each half, you still allow them to challenge anything, and then you, you make plays where there's player safety, which we've seen that be the leading reason why they change rules. Short and overtime, we saw that. The way they've changed how you can hit quarterbacks now, that's a player safety issue. That is the hot button topic that would be able to get them to be able to allow these plays to be reviewable. But I think they should get one. And Jamie made this good point. But one special challenge for those. But then kind they of have players. to carry around two flags. What they have. Uh, yeah, you throw a red one and a blue one, or they some of the coaches. Coaches. Then you got to carry like. But then like, don't. It's, it's like the difference in basketball between a full and a thirty-second timeout. Okay. Just, they drop a flag and say, "Hey, this is my special and challenge." Then, and then they huddle up. We'll, and say, we'll call right. it the the Eisenberg right. challenge. Is he right. coined the phrase? Right. Apparently, yeah. The Eisenberg. The Eisenberg. The Eisenberg. They're going with the Eisenberg. It sounds like a ship that's going to sink. It does, doesn't it? You can't. You can't. They were on the Eisenberg, didn't they? It's like, well, you know what they say about. It's like anytime like everything's going bad for you in life, you're like, I'm riding an Eisenberg. (laughs) I just, I just, I just feel bad for his cousin. He's the other Jesse Eisenberg is now the other Eisenberg. Who's that? Jesse, the actor. You know that, right? Oh, really? Yeah, he's the other. He's in the airport. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Jesse Luther. Jesse doesn't really. The Facebook movies, uh, Social Network. I thought that was Michael Sarah. No, <laughs> you know what's funny? You know, it's funny. What? A lot of people think they're You're the joking, same guy. Man. I'm being serious. He is joking. You thought Michael Cera was in no, the social serious. network? I haven't seen it in a while. Didn't somebody else say Michael Cera? He did the other day. He well, so, no, so about the guy who was in Superbad with Jonah Hill? Get out of here! That, no, that's Michael Sarah too, isn't it? No, all I know that is, is Michael Sarah. I, I, I don't know the guy. I'm just saying. I, I just feel bad for Jesse Eisenberg because he's now the other Eisenberg. It's it's a shame. Yeah. Well, you know. He's, um, you know, he's riding an iceberg. He's riding an iceberg straight into the cliff. What yeah. are you going to do? Sometimes <laughs> the, iceberg iceberg sinks in, the, the iceberg sinks in the iceberg into the iceberg. Uh, the iceberg. Um, what else did Roger Goodell talk about that interests you, Brady? Because I was actually uh, doing I, I think the, Ra- the, the Raiders is, is interesting talking about. Did he tell where they're going to play? No, but there's a lot of questions in regards to whether San Diego is a viable option, which, you know, look, from a scheduling standpoint. I oh, think wait, I, before the Raiders thing, did you see Sean Payton? Yes. 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 Did, you, did you see it? Yeah. You, I, think, I, I think we all know he was wearing a Roger Goodell clown shirt. Look, he, Sean Payton is a great trash talker. Maybe one of the better trash talkers as a head coach, like oh, in yeah. game. Yes. I mean, seriously, in game, he might be the best trash talking head coach there is. So it's not surprising that he would throw some shade on Roger Goodell with doing that. Sure. So, and, and maybe that's born out of the fact that they haven't, like Roger Goodell finally addressed it today. It took five different people asking a question to then, then get to the point of the officiating. 
And then outside of that, like, what, like the fans should, should be a part of that. Like, he's like, yeah. well, we talked to Sean Payton, Al Riveron talked to him, we talked to the players, we talked to the ownership. It's like, what about the fans? Like, what about the Saints fans or yeah, the fans in the NFL? Roger's not going to come out and make comments on individual calls like that. But he that can. was one that he can't. It was it a huge look, call. It looks like when you see what's happening with those call, with a call like that, it looks. Like, it, again, I've said this: if you're going to embrace gambling, and right? You're, and you're like, you need to be upfront and transparent. You can't have it. Well, what? It looked like it was a fix. You can't have that. You can't have the four, optical. Four of the guys were based in L.A. Oh, I mean, come like, on. All that stuff. If, if John would have run the ball three either. times and kicked the Look, field goal, wouldn't even come down. It doesn't matter. It's well, the optics that, they, they couldn't have because, well, I guess they could have kicked yes, the could. It was the third down. They threw the football, could have ran it. You're right. But but the issue is, to me, like it opens up your but curiosity they, and those if, conspiracy if, theories. Let's play it out this scenario where he runs the ball three times and kicks the field goal. Where's the conspiracy theory in that? Well, and, by the it way, there's no guarantee that they win in that instance, right? But here's the other thing. The Rams are getting because they don't have the ball back, and they would have the chance to still the go. The Rams are getting total shaft in this. They won the game. Yeah, they won it. They won the game. Let's not forget that the Saints got the ball back in overtime and threw an interception. Sure, yeah. we get it. We get it. It shouldn't have gone. We, we've overtime. moved on from it. I think we both have. We've I don't know if you know this, but the, the Rams are playing the Patriots. Yeah, right. the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying most people sit there and they'll put an asterisk next to it. Imagine if the situation were reversed and four dudes from Baton Rouge were the referees and the Saints won. In Los Angeles, on the same call, people would be like, "This is a low country conspiracy to take out the LA Rams." Why? Because so many because, because the Rams have been in Los, because the Rams have been in Los Angeles so long that those obviously they're no, big no, no, Rams the fix, fans. The, if, the, if the fix is in for the Rams, the, the NFL loves the Rams. Oh, they're amazing. always promoting the Rams. They're what? trying to. They're trying to help out their party. Right. They're they, trying to pump up LA. Well, can we go back to another California team? Is it, can we get back to the Raiders in the conversation? The Raiders yeah, are going to play at, can, at the Giants baseball you really should stadium. Get a radio right. Show, man. You're I, so I think they actually, that's probably the more likely possibility. However, the problem is, and I don't, I don't know the legalities to it, but I mean, the city has already filed litigation against them. So that, that's one of the, you know, the holes you got to jump through. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make nice, right? We've all seen people file for divorce and then, you know, wipe that clean and get back together. And, and maybe that's what happens ultimately. But the question was whether or not, San Diego looks like a viable option. And, and Roger Goodell seemed kind of leery of that, like didn't want to talk about that. But the, the issue is they do have to release a schedule. And so if you're going to release a schedule, you got to know where they're going to be playing. Yeah, but then it would have every game as a road game. If they, at least if they play in San Francisco. So, so, and then Roger Goodell brought that up, right? He said, you know, the Oakland fans are in the Bay, but you could also make the argument that there's a lot of LA Raiders fans still there. But from like, a travel standpoint, too, though. What do you mean? If they play in San Francisco, it's not a. It's not an away game. If they play in San Diego, every week's an away game. Right, but I mean, you'd move and base your operations down there. It wouldn't really be an away game. That's just where your home ta- home stadium would be, right? Yeah, but, but again, I'm about, there's no nobody would go to the game in in San Diego. It'd be like a Chargers game then. Yeah. <laughs> you think fans would go to the, to see the Raiders in San Diego? I think if they're good, why not? There's, a, a, hard there's time a lot of LA Raiders fans still. There. They got to go somewhere. Doesn't matter who comes. Where are you going to play? You got to play somewhere. You know, Tucson was mentioned. I don't see that happening. No. Tucson. Well, okay, so, but to that point, for really hey, why not San Diego? Like, with like, like Albuquerque, Raleigh. But I've been to Albuquerque before. Not as bad as people think. Albuquerque. If they played in Raleigh, you might actually have to go cover it at Denny's there. I would not be covering games in Raleigh. There's a Denny's in Albuquerque. El Paso. But, okay, El Paso. Bottom what line is, the you probably think they'd like to stay on the West Coast. Regardless of where they're at, right? It's not like they're moving to San Antonio. No, there was some talk about Reno at one point. Now, that would be interesting from a gambling perspective, right? Just go all in and say, let's go to Reno. Well, for, for this but, year, until the stadium's built, play in Reno. Is there a stadium in Reno they can play in? Yeah, well, they'd upgrade um, Nevada-Reno Stadium a little bit. I mean, but those upgrades take Look, time. To your point, I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to stay in the Bay Area. It just depends what facility they'll end up using. But that, that was the gist of what I took from that conversation because they do have to make the schedule, and they're going to have to announce where those games are. So, And we, and we both know when things go in the legal system, it takes a while to sort itself out. I was surprised they didn't actually do two international games, one for the Raiders in Mexico and one for the Raiders where they're the home team in London or something like that. Where there's lasers. Lasers. Uh, coming up on the podcast in a few minutes, by the way, Chad Millman of the Action Network. Pretty exciting. What does he like? wonder who he likes. He likes the Rams. I uh, We'll find out on the podcast. Thank you for spoiling the podcast. Uh, and then Warren Sharp, who's going to break down some personnel stats as well. I should have mentioned that on the top, but we were diving face first into a urinal until we couldn't really get into it. 
Right, which, you know, another thing i got issues with, like, I'm all for conserving water, but the the waterless ones, I mean, it's just, it, it just smells like urine. It smells like everyone had asparagus. Certain, certain, everyone had asparagus. Certain office, ew. Certain That's what office, it smells like. Certain office, this lady looks God, like What were you doing, sitting there smelling it? What do you mean? You're taking a piss. You can't help but not not smell it. You're tall, man. You can. You just no, I, I know if it's somebody, so pungent. If somebody, in there. if somebody's had asparagus, the whole whole. Room or, or when people flush halfway, mm. like they're not done, but you can hear them flush. And they're still standing there. Like, what's wrong with you? You've had some real thoughts today about bathroom. I've etiquette. had to pee multiple times today. So every time I've gone in there, I've had a different thought that's brought. I wanted to share with Will more for Will's input. Right, and Brady he pees in a lot of urinals. He has a urinal in his yeah. house. No, you know that? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. The kid went to prep school. They had private stalls in their bathroom. Bidets, bidets. You probably did have a bidet. <laughs> do you have a do you have a bidet at your house? Don't you? No, I bet you, you do. do. I bet he does. Oh, oh, dry. Oh, speaking of pee, you have a bidet. Speaking of no. Pete's butt, um, this is I didn't realize this that you, so you Pete earlier today was sick. Oh, I'm so dying. I'm not going to make it. I'm he, an old man. He's, 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 he's like, old age. He said, Someone help he's, me. He's, 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 he's like, I need you You guys are evil. You're he's evil. Like, he's like, I need you to do a favor. Feel my forehead. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, Pete, for you, of course, like, you must feel bad. I check it. I bet, what was, I like bet your, your mom? Like, yeah, I would have wow. guessed it was 101. You were wrong. Well, where, oh, where were you? 99. 99. Okay, but you, he, what's the he, average like, temperature? 98.6? Yeah, it was 99 something, but he made me panic. He goes, what about feel, point, like point four tenths of a degree? No, he it, told me he had. It felt really hot. So anyway, Pete goes. Pete goes. He runs hot. Look at the guy. Yeah, that's true. I did. Just the tanning spray. I did. Pete, so Pete. <laughs> is, so Pete goes to uh, a it's urgent a care and gets checked out. He comes back thirty minutes later. He's like, "How's everybody doing? I'm Pete Briscoe. I'm feeling alive." So it's a What he does? He didn't no. tell anybody. Oh, they shot oh, him in the. They shot him with oh. double needles in the butt. Double. Double. How'd that feel? And that, you'll You're love this. sitting down right now. You'll love this. Steroids on, one, steroids on one side, antibiotics on the other. And they wanted to give me Toradol, Brady. I've taken that before. Jesus. If the urgent uh, care is like, oh, this is this you know, old man. I don't know what they didn't have at that urgent care. I could have got anything. For, first time I ever took, a meth, old man? <laughs> first time I ever took Toradol. I had a posterior labrum tear, torn cartilage in my rib. Uh, I had an AC joint sprain in my throwing shoulder. And I was just like, I need something to get through this game. And I had some Toradol, and I was like, oh, Okay, now I see where everyone wants to take this. You feel fantastic. That's what the issue Mike is after Smith it. Said. it. When you're done playing, like later on, it, it's I don't want to say it's like a, a hangover, but it feels like a car hits you. Really, you feel so like everything that hurt before hurts even worse. Can you get another so tutorial shot after that? Then? I don't think you want to keep taking that stuff. My wife, so my wife, Olympic gymnast, right? Right. She's in Tokyo, Japan, going for worlds. She's warming up on the floor. Now she had an issue with one of her Achilles, right? They shoot her up with Toradol before, on her on a tumbling pass, warming up, pop, tears her Achilles. But she couldn't really even tell, couldn't even really even feel it. Because and they had to go tell because she took Toradol. Sometimes you don't feel that, anyways, do you? Well, I don't know. I've any, never any, tore any, my... any Achilles tear I've heard, you feel that. Yeah, but I think uh, you think of like ACL. So, but I think I, I passed on the Toradol, and I still feel good though. I'm Much glad better. You feel better. Um, okay. Anything what else? You, you guys why do you go like that? Why do you go like that? Well, I was thinking like. They so nowadays like the IV bags are really big now like in yeah. Vegas party yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. You know what they put in there? Toad off. Do they really? Oh yeah, because it's sort of any hangover. Huge man. Right. I mean, there's like B12 and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's obviously fluid. But so they're putting it, in toad off. So oh, that, 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 that was another well, thing. Yeah. That, that was another thing they offered me at that place. Do you IV want bag? some fluids? Yeah, you, you need some fluids. Well, that's pretty standard. You know what it was? Yeah, you need more fluids. Let me tell you this. I went there. And they don't take insurance. It's one of the, and so I'm That's like, one of those. and so I go, so no wonder why they were going like this. Hello, everybody. I'm so they were going like Nick. this. They were going like this. <laughs> Cha-ching, you want this? Cha-ching, you want that? Cha-ching, you what want that? Bill? Just expensive. 200. Put it on CBS. Well, how much was, no wonder you didn't, Tour Doll is too expensive. You it was want... only 50. Uh, how much? 50. Wait, so oh, I can get a shot of Toradol right now for fifty bucks? Yes, yeah, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Smell yeah. you nerds later. <laughs> <laughs> you might need that tomorrow morning after tonight. Yeah. Oh, are we going huge tonight? We got a, we got a dinner. Oh, you're right. Margaritas? You drink yeah. margaritas? Of course. Yeah. I'm Irish. I drink everything. Pete knows that. We talk about it all the yeah. time. I'm Scotch. I do not discriminate English. any alcohol. I'm I'm like mixed European or whatever. I don't really know. What? what? You're, like you're Southern. That's what you are. You're, you're Southern. You have the like swoop. I, and you know you what? Like, the there is, lines, there is no doubt that you've traced your family origins all the way back to no, I'm scared that I'll be, they'll be like, you're related to Prisco. <laughs> no. You, there's you got a little bit of Prisco in you. Every one of your family members that went to that academy that you went, that prep school, you've traced Is it back. Is he putting you on blast right now? Huh? Is he putting you on blast He puts right me on blast all the time. I've never traced my ancestry. Don't Have you talked about yes, the academy? Yes, you have. Yeah. I probably, what's that? Have you talked about the academy before or no? 
Macaulay? Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. His school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The prestigious Macaulay school. They send him, you know what? He acts like he's some prestigious school, but his parents sent him away because he was a troubled kid. Ooh, still troubled kid. We've talked about this. Flippant? What was the word you used for yourself? Flippant? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, uh, that's how I get punched all the time. Right. Right, That's what I'm saying. You make you old codger. Ah, oh, I got punched again. I got punched again. You got punched a lot? No, it was my first comments. Uh, he, I was yeah. like, he's got a quick whip. No, so so I was like, that probably gets him in trouble. And I made that, like, smart-ass yeah. comment. And all of a sudden, you're just beating on me. Like, like that's how I got punched. Like, yeah, I, I was like, like, I bet you got punched in the face a lot as a kid. figuratively punched in the figuratively face. Figuratively punched. No, but I'm really physically, punched in the face. I think yeah, it was. Like, when was the last yeah. time you really got punched in the face? At a bar three years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, last night when I was, got home from the bar. Uh, you got punched in the face at the media party last night. No, I don't think I've been punched in the face. And I don't think I've been punched in the face in a long... When's the last time you got punched in the face? Me? Yeah. 20 years ago, 15 June years ago? 4th, 74. It's probably been a while. Been a while. Yeah. You, I, mean, I mean, you've been well, in a lot of actually, fights, right? Probably, <laughs> probably sparring with Tommy Zabikowski. I think he got me good one time. We because uh, he would ask that for, for his bouts. We're talking about a, a fight punch. Because oh, I mean, like right. you're a, you know you're because like Tommy wasn't a professional. You were boxing with him, but you're a quarterback. Jock yeah, fight, but I'm so saying like you still get hit fights, in the face. Right? But when did you get? When was the last time you got hit in the face? Like out. I don't know Apple. that. I, well, I don't know that I really ever did out. Like never I, I've never been in a position where I've like been like, hey, let's start a fight for shits and giggles. Uh, we we'll have to drop that. So. Wow. Yes. Wow. We can bleep that out, can't we? Yeah, of course. Um, I, no, I haven't me. been hitting. <laughs> I haven't been hitting the Sorry. face in years. Sorry, Debo. Years. <laughs> I mean, that street, bottle, that street could be coming to an end. Did you get a bottle? Why are you gonna hit me in the face? Somebody no, broke a bottle over my head. Yeah. What'd you say? Somebody broke a bottle over my they head. They bottled you? Yeah, probably. Oh. Uh, By the way, you know how hard that is to do. It was probably twelve or thirteen years. You get? It's not. You get stitches? No. Huh. What? What was? What kind of bottle was it? Was like a movie prop? Yeah, it was a movie prop, Pete. You didn't, wait, bar. you got hit in the head with a bottle and it gets stitches? Dude, you know how hard it is to break a bottle? It didn't, it didn't, it broke, it didn't, glass didn't get it's my head. It's like a thick noggin. Hey, the last time I actually had a good fight like that was some guy dumped a 16-ounce beer bottle, on, a beer on my head. To turn around and just why why did that happen, him? Pete? You want, you want me to tell you a story? Yeah. He was elbowing my brother, like for about, he was a big guy, he was elbowing my brother for about like 20 minutes. My brother goes... What, what is this guy doing? I go, I don't know. Move. I'll stand there. So he elbowed, he went to elbow me a couple of times. I said, dude, I ain't going to take your crap. So next thing I know, 15 minutes later, I'm just standing there and all of a sudden I feel whoosh. <laughs> he drenched me. He dumped the whole thing on my head. So I turned around and punched him. In the face? About six, oh, he went down like a big tree falling in the woods. You cold cut? What you? Was this like 97? I was in, no, this was way back. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's when you like, when you get served with a lawsuit like right. a week later. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why, like, I grew up in an era where it, when I was young and you used to get in fights, like the parents would come over, they'd make you apologize right. and all that. Right. Yeah. I remember hitting this kid next door we lived next to because he, he'd shoved my sister. So I would knock the kid down, he went back to his home crying, and then I literally heard his parents knock on our front door and he was like crying outside still. I was like, Hiding behind one of our chairs in our living room, right? <laughs> but like that was the, that was the area right. I grew up in. And well, after nowadays, that, like, nowadays you get sued by someone. Nowadays you either get sued or you go to jail or you. Yeah. There's no reason to fight. No reason to fight whatsoever. I agree with you completely. Uh, there is a reason to move on to the rest of the podcast, unless right. you guys want to talk about anything else. No, All right. this is no. Good. But I want to. I did want to tell you that. Ask you this question real quick. It's another more etiquette. If somebody's standing, if you're standing in a line and you catch somebody in the front of the line trying to cut it. And there's other people in that line. Do you say something to them? Yeah, uh, probably. Depends on the situation. You? I don't really care. I'm indifferent. You're so you're so mellow, Brady. I just no. It's like what if they want to do? What that are you doing? Like, I see, I call them out all the time. My wife always looks at me. She goes, "Are you going to do it again?" I go, "Yeah." She gets all nervous and everything. I go, "Hey, dude, do you think we're all standing here for our health?" Yeah. Back in the line. Sounds like a copy. Sounds and like a communist right here. And then hey, as soon as... Hey, pal. Hey, and then, and then hey get soon, back here. And then as soon as I say it, then everybody in the line go, Hey, yeah, he's yeah, right. Somebody, yeah, pipes, right. somebody pipes up the rest You're of, made of the people. Of the I'm the leader. <laughs> I'm a leader. Pete's the leader. All right, Pete, lead us to break. No, Pete I don't want to lead you to break. He leads your own... Posse. I'm not taking over your podcast. It's, it's your, Pete Prisco Like you've said many a time in the last couple days, this is your podcast. You know Brady's refusing to wear a Pick 6 podcast hat? Why? What is that? You, I've heard you refuse to wear a lot of things. I feel a hit after this. Pick Wait, six. Refuse to wear what? Pick six podcast hat. 
Why won't you wear it? Pick six podcast. First of all, I've never seen one. We wear the golf shirt. The golf shirt. Oh, sure. It's Whatever. a nice Nike shirt with a patch yeah. on the side. Yeah. yeah. We wear it like a Is that a pick six podcast yeah, we'll shirt? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. When we, I wear it? we wear it we when play we golf. play golf and I beat you. We'll all go play golf together in our Pick 6 podcast. You're not ever play golf with me again, you told me. Uh, as long as I'm against you, it's fine. All right, got to get out of here. We're going to go talk to Chad Millman and uh, to Warren Sharp as well. There will be football analysis on Friday's show, perhaps. <laughs> At some point. Uh, this is, maybe you guys will come back on. Who knows? We'll see what happens. This is the Pick 6 podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and after this break, we'll be right back to break down some gambling and some stats info for the Super Bowl. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Joining us now on the Pick 6 Podcast, Chad Millman of the Action Network, which Chief Content Officer, best described as, I don't want to call it a gambling site or a gambling app, but like you guys have managed to focus on the legalization of sports betting and the importance of it and the fact that, as it turns out, 75% of this country is just full of degenerates. <laughs> Well, I would think that, yes, there's a lot of people who are betting and like this is the week where they are all going to want to engage. And so, right, Action Network, we sort of focus on covering sports. We're a media company, a content company through the lens of sports betting, right? And so there's, you know, we have an app, like you mentioned, a free app. You can track your bets. You can find out how many people are betting on the Patriots, how many people are betting yep. on the Rams. Um, and then we got like a lot of content where we're analyzing what's the best prop for you to bet. Should you bet the total? Why is the line moving? All that kind of stuff. Uh, you're also the host of The Favorites, which is a uh, – it's in my podcast rotation. Scooch, uh, the bookmaker out of the, uh, the Orleans – is it the Orleans? The Orleans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get him on every week, and you guys – I think that's the most fascinating thing is that, like, this is all open, and it's okay. Like, you're talking to a bookmaker who's – like, do you think he's telling you the truth, like, about what they need all the time? Do you oh, think he, I totally think he's telling me the truth. I, I do, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? I completely I mean, like, believe he's it. Not, People will ask. They'll be like, he's only saying what he wants like, people to hear. What he wants people to hear, like the numbers that he needs. And it's just not the case. Like the people listening to the podcast aren't betting in Vegas. They're not going right. to go to the Orleans. Like the sample size of that is going to be tiny. So it's really just about like, he's giving me the honest answer. And he's like, he's a great guy. I've known the guy for 20 years. I wrote a book about the guy. Like I know he's telling the truth. Um, do you think Blackjack Fletcher tells you the truth? Blackjack Fletcher tells me the truth because he's so mean to me. All he does is criticize me. Nobody who criticizes you that much would be lying. A good good podcast have to have good characters. You guys have that. I recommend checking it out. After you get done listening to our daily NFL show, you can find it on iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do, do you, what do you find more interesting to talk about in these sort of things? Just out of curiosity, do you like the actual bets that you might be making or like the concept of sports media evolving into a betting-centric industry? Oh, God, they're so different. Like, right. in this setting, I just want to talk about the bets. Like, right, right, right. I want to talk about why the lines moved. I want to talk about where I think the opportunity is. I want to talk about what I've seen the market do. Um, where, where do you think the opportunity is in the Super Bowl that has seen almost no line movement outside of the Patriots opening as a one-point underdog in, like, very small spots and then becoming a two-and-a-half-point two yeah, favorite? Yeah, totally got hit, and they're not two-and-a-half. I like the Rams in this I'm spot. Not, yes, right. um, I like the Rams for a couple of reasons. I think, A, probably across the board, they're more talented. 
Um, B, I like to bet against the market, and the market is entirely on the Patriots. And so give me the contrarian play, especially like right now, if you look in the Action Network app, it's free. You can see like 80% of the money is on the Patriots. 80% of the tickets are on the Patriots. Whenever you have that kind of discrepancy... Give me the other side. Because as we as we know, uh, Vegas make these these handicappers, these odds makers, these bookmakers live in tiny little shanties in the middle of the desert, and they make these these lines just you know scratched onto into like sand because they can't afford anything else, right? Like right. that's why the, you know, the public, meanwhile, basking in the millions of dollars that it wins in gambling every year, like that's why you fade the <laughs> like if you fade the public. <laughs> I mean, they they have giant high rises for a reason, and it's because oftentimes, as it was in the two thousand one, like two thousand, I remember being in college, and we all bet on the Patriots because it's like the I mean, bet on the Rams excuse me like the, like the Rams aren't going to lose to the Patriots right. they're 14 point favorites it's the greatest show on turf we're at NC State Tory Holt's playing this game we're hammering the Rams and it didn't work out very well lo and behold and that's the only time the Patriots have played in the Super Bowl that they haven't been favorites when they open, and right. every single game they have played in has been a score or less. The biggest margin of victory or defeat yep. for the Patriots has been eight points. That was last year against the Eagles. Other than that, every game is like three, five, like, one. If you take the top, I ranked the top 50 Super Bowls this season or earlier this week and, or I guess top 53 and like seven of, seven Patriots Super Bowls are in the top 10 because yeah. every single one of them is exciting and interesting. And it, to me, is in 2018 with the way that the game is played, it is highly unlikely that you are going to see a massive blowout in the Super Bowl. Like the Eagles didn't blow out the Patriots. The Patriots yeah. had to have Hail Mary to tie it and to yes. lose by two or, or even take it to overtime, you know? Completely agree, which is why I like the over. And oh, really? I do. I like the, I like the over because the total had been bet down so much sure. from a high of 59 to a low of 56 and a half. So I just like it because I think I'm getting the best of the number. So I'm going to bet that total. I'm going to bet the over because it's not going to go any lower than that. Um, all right. What about prop bets? Are there, I mean, because I, I know I've heard, like, I've read some stuff uh, at Action Network and elsewhere. It's like the arbitrage in terms of what value you can get on prop bets has sort of disappeared, just like the edge and NFL sure. betting has to a degree. But, like, there, there's still some stuff out there where if you jump on it early or you think you have an angle of, about how the game script will go, you can find some value, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have a we've covered like the props out of the prop bets, right? They are everywhere for us. We've done probably 50 stories on prop right. bets. So uh, I like James White under six and a half receptions. Oh, no. Uh, we actually power rated him at five. Okay. And so in our projections, um, so give me James White at under six and a half. I like Steven Gostkowski plus 180 for his first kickoff to be a touchback. Here's my theory. He, and this was written by Jonathan Bales at ActionNetwork.com too. Gaskowski over-indexes for touchbacks against the rest of the league. The Mercedes-Benz Superdome over-indexes at an even higher rate for touchbacks. So I'm getting Gaskowski with a big leg off of the touchback, you know, off of a score yeah, or yeah. the first kickoff of the game, plus 180. That's why I like that play. And I think, too, that in these sort of situations where... You know, Sean McVay saw his team win a game because Ty Montgomery tried to be a hero. Yeah. And run out of, run out. It's like, hey, look, don't be a hero back there. Take a knee. Everybody's nervous. If, if the Rams receive, I mean, you know, why would you? I like that. hundred percent correct. Um, anything else that stands out to you? It, it's, it's fascinating, too, because you're talking about this as, like, rating the Superdome. It's not a gut feel stuff. You guys aren't doing gut feel entirely. Yeah, we've, like, been actually doing analysis and, and like, running the numbers and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. crunching the data to get to where we're at. The only other one I'm thinking about right now, I haven't decided, C.J. Anderson under 44 and a half yards. Do you think Todd Gurley's playing possum? I don't know if he's playing possum, but I do think, like, if he was hurt a little bit, they're going to get him back in the game. Like, it's been two more weeks. He has played, been healthy enough to get on the field. So I think they find a game plan to get the best running back in the game, some offensive touches. I think it becomes a much better game for him. I actually might even like him at uh, over 123.5 combined yards rushing and receiving. But I do think it impacts C.J. Anderson and what he can do. All right. Chad Millman of the Action Network. Go download the free app. Free. Go to theactionnetwork.com. And if you listen to this podcast and you get tired of betting on, on the NFL and you want to gamble on the NBA, go read my good friend Matt Moore there. He's doing excellent work. Not even the gambling stuff. He just takes deep dives. He just he just does what dives. Matt Moore does. Yeah, Covers yeah. the NBA. Just goes psycho. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thanks for coming on, Chad. Good to see you, brother. All right, back on the Pick 6 Podcast here with the man, the myth, the legend, Warren Sharp. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How this you is your well? return appearance to the podcast. Uh, Pick 6 devotees, as I like to reference Arrested Development there, will remember that you came on the podcast and... 
despite having, you know, like, you know, you like to guard your picks a little closely, but you threw, threw us two bones, the Bears over and the Colts over. Laugh riots in terms of teams that made the playoffs and had great success. Uh, those were, the Bears was a winner in like week nine or like week 10, right? And I mean, those, so those hits, I hope people cast on those. Did you feel like overall, did you feel like this season you had a good sense of where the league was going? Yeah, I mean, I put in so much work in the off season, like starting in February, working all the way through till like June with writing the book that I do. So I had a pretty good understanding of what I felt the teams were going to do, where they would have success, where their weaknesses were, and then like the whole picture of the league. So NFL futures this year were definitely a strength. Isn't it, it's very rewarding, and like I had a I had a good year just in terms of. I had the Raiders under, which is not is it like, and again, it seems comical now, but it was eight. I mean, like I bought the yeah. eight in Vegas, which was a joke. Um, I had the uh, I had the Redskins over, which pushed, but like I had, it, but it looked like it should have won until Alex Smith got hurt. It's always fulfilling, isn't it, when you you know, like you you have some narratives and stat driven ideas in your head, and they actually come to fruition. Absolutely. I mean, it's if you put the work in. And then your your research ends up paying yes. off. That's yes. the best. Obviously, it's the worst when you do a ton of work and then it doesn't go your way. <laughs> but it happens sometimes. It, it definitely happens yeah. more often than a lot of people want to admit, for uh, sure. You can follow Warren on Twitter at SharpFootball. And so can people purchase the Super Bowl manual? Yeah, they can. Uh, that's up at SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Okay. I haven't really – you know, I posted the link for journalists to have access to it because yes. I spent a whole week working on that. It's a 40-page book. Um, but – I didn't really you want to make like, it a 53 page book and then next year make it a 54, 54 and, yeah. just, and eventually it's like Super Bowl 700 and you just come in and drop this lunker on somebody's right. face. I, did, I didn't really want to push selling that in the promotional tweet. So I mainly were getting the journalists and whatnot, sure. free information, good information that you're really not going to find a lot of this stuff anywhere else yeah. leading into the game. And, and look, like if you're a football junkie and you're a, and you're a stat head or even like just an, an, like you like analytics or you like diving deeper into the game, I can't recommend going to sharpfootballstats.com and sharpfootballanalysis.com because you have some, I mean like there's stuff up there that you there's like different, like you can play around with the different right. like ways that teams operate in personnel. I, I know I use it a lot. Like I, I linked to it several times leading up to the Super Bowl because you're, you know, you're looking at like the Chargers and the Patriots and you know, how they operate out of certain personnel formations. And that stuff hasn't always been out there and it's very handy. So check out the websites, check out the, uh, the, the Super Bowl thing. I want to ask you about the personnel formations. Is there, because have you ever seen a team like the Rams utilize one personnel, they use 11 personnel, I think it's like 90% of the time, 96% of the time? It's it's really rare. It's very rare for a team to, I mean, this day and age, the NFL average is just over 60% 11 personnel, sure. but there's, I haven't ever seen a team since as long as I've been tracking that gets so skewed towards 11. I mean, no team's going to use, you know, 12 or 21 that high of a rate, right. uh, but I really have never seen a team to that extreme. Now, they do a lot of things out of it, but it's still ridiculous how often they're in that same grouping. Does Do you think that helps Bill Belichick prepare for this? And do you think there's a countermeasure that Sean McVay will do or could do to potentially help himself uh, on offense? I think Bill Belichick will. I mean, he knows what personnel grouping to expect and he also it's more difficult to figure out run pass because it, you know they don't have these tendencies they very balanced with 11 personnel sure. when they're yeah, out yeah. there the one thing that i think it's going to help them do is remember the game against new orleans when they were down there crowd noise was crazy yeah they couldn't get their snaps off very quickly what staying with 11 so frequently throughout the game allows you to do is it allows you never to have to substitute so you can get to line of scrimmage very quick I would expect and anticipate a little bit that the Rams go faster in this game mm. and have an easier time communicating than they did last week against the Saints. So. so that should be a little bit more advantageous and possibly wear out the defense if they're going so quick. How do the Patriots perform against 11 personnel from a defensive standpoint? So that's a great question because they're very different pass versus run. If you try to run on them against using 11 personnel, you're going to have a lot of success. It spreads out the defense. They don't have the speed at linebacker really to handle it. And the Rams have a very good run-blocking offensive line. So they should try to run more out of 11. However, the Patriots are very good defending passes out of 11 personnel. 
when you use 12 personnel, uh, uh, 12 personnel, you have a lot more disguise in terms of run pass. You also have the extra blockers out there. Yep. So they are very, actually very bad defending passes out of 12. And in fact, I think that the Rams need to use more 12. They're getting over two yards per attempt better. The, the Patriots are allowing per over pass? two more yards per attempt per pass. Wow. If you pass on them out of 12 versus out of 11 and your success rate, I believe is almost 20% better when you pass wow. out of 12. So it's night and day difference. The Rams don't use much 12. But they need to in this game, I think. Do you think, and I think Sean McVay is probably going to be willing to do that. Like, I know Robert Mays wrote a story, and I think he linked to, you know, your stats in there for the ringer, but it was like, you know, they, they didn't do 11 personnel because it's like Sean McVay came up and this is how he was taught to be an offensive coach. And so he was like, all right, here's what we got on offense. We need to figure out how to use it and 11 personnel being an 11 all the time. And for those who don't know, it's three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back that allows you to do the things you want to do where if a team gets out there and nickel, they're small enough where you can run through them with Todd Gurley. And if they get out there in their base personnel, then you can spread them out and throw, you know, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks running crossers. Have you seen a, a dip at all in the, in the Rams offense since Cooper Cup left from an analytical perspective? Def- definitely. There's been a dip. The other thing that's been a little frustrating watching the Rams is they've reduced their usage of play action. Mm. And I think it's going to be very important that they go back to the level of play action that they were getting earlier in the season because not only is Jared Goff much better when he uses play action, but the Patriots' defense is so good rushing the passer, especially they're trending much better right now, but they're very weak when you actually use play action. Over the last six games, mm. they have 17 sacks. Over the, In those 17 sacks, only one has come when the offense was using play action. 16 of the 17 sacks have come when the team did not use play action. So the Rams need to use more play action. It slows down that pass rush a little bit. Um, and then it allows the de- the second-level defenders to have more opportunity to do, create. Do you think that they the Rams, does Todd Gurley have to be able to be Todd Gurley to get that play action working? I mean, you know, I think that's a not just an analytical question, but like a eye test question like do the Rams have to have a legitimate running threat for play action to work or is that something where they can come out on the first play and act like they're going outside zone boot Jared Goff to the right and have him take a shot down the field I mean how you know how do you think that works Bill Belichick is going to coach his guys up but the defense it's innate in them to, to always suck react in and, yeah, to sure, suck in yeah. when there is play action so it's very difficult to like coach that out of a defender but Bill Belichick could specifically instruct like I don't care about the of the run game let them run all we want we care about the pass game. And so they could intentionally try to stop that. But whether or not they have success, we'll have to see. Whether or not they try to do that, we'll have to see. All right. So in this game, you know, I think, you know, do you think that the Rams, do you think the Rams or the Patriots will get off, need to get off to a fast start? Can they get off to a fast start? Uh, do you think there will be points early? Maybe a first half over under? I think it's like 20, 27 and a half, 27 right and a half, and a, 27 and a half right now. Is that, is that, are you looking at like Westgate or? Yeah, so that's pretty much widely available, 27 and a half. It actually opened at 29, 28 and a half, and then 28. I actually went under 28 for the first half. I think that there's the opportunity for this game. Both teams start starting slow. The Patriots have scored, I think, three points in their last, like, five Super Bowls in the first quarter, three points total. They really go slow to start the game. So I think that there's going to be... Uh, a slower start feeling out process. I would be shocked if Sean McVay was having Jared Goff wing the ball all around the field early on. I think they're going to try to get him comfortable in the offense. I'm seeing a trend on this one. This is a local site that will go unnamed. Um, not local to here, but local to somewhere else. Uh, under 27 and a half and is juiced to minus 120. Is that too heavy a price to pay for that under? I actually, you know, um, we got on that Sunday, championship Sunday. I still think there's value in the first half under just because my model's projection on the total was lower than what they opened it. The full total or the first? Okay. And so I'm attacking it from the first half perspective because I do think these teams, quarterbacks, coaches, going to get comfortable, going to get rolling as the game goes on. Um, So there's another prop. Will there be more points scored in the second half than the first half? So I like that as well. Oh, that is a good prop. And we saw that too in in the AFC and NFC Championship games. We saw... You know, the Saints, the Rams got comfortable and started putting up points. And I feel like in all these Patriots games, there's always sort of a third and fourth quarter, you know, burst of scoring. And that's where you want to be careful about the total. Do you like the over under for the game? 
I'm, I'm not, I will, I'm not going to recommend anything for the full game in terms of the total. I think the first half's the better way to attack it. Um, I mean, my model technically thinks that there's going to be less than 56 and a half points okay. scored, which is the current total right sure. now. But I think the better way to attack it is the first half. Okay. And what about the point spread? Who do you like in this game and how do you think it plays out? If, if we can get a three, I kind of lean towards the Rams. I think there are a number of things that the Rams need to modify offensively to be able to have as much success as they could. Um, if they do those things, I think the Rams are going to... Either way, I think this game's going to be competitive. Sure. But the Rams have a legitimate shot to win outright if they maximize their efficiency based on strategy ahead of time. Because the Patriots are so good, if you get into third downs against them, if you don't modify your game in the second half against sure. them... They're going to really modify good. theirs. They're going to modify theirs. They're going to find your flaws. They're going to be able to have more efficiency offensively and defensively. So you better be prepared to make in-game adjustments. All right. What? Uh, any other props that you spotted out there? Maybe like an over/under for Sony Michelle rushing yards. Anything that you want to throw our podcast listeners a burn on and maybe make them some uh, some uh, Valentine Valentine's Day Valentine's Day prop bets are big. Money, yeah, you need something for the girl. Um, My wife wants a. Uh, we had Nick Mangold on earlier, and he's yeah. doing like a meat blowtorch. That's what she wants. A bit of like burn car- yeah, caramelizing, like you, yeah, it for caramelizing and like wow, and like okay. charring meat. That sounds pretty cool. Um, so how do I? How am I going to get my? Are wife you going to afford burn? that one? How, um, yeah. Well, I like uh, Sony Michelle to score a touchdown. That's minus one thirty. Okay. I think that's going to happen. The the Rams very right bad against uh, twenty one personnel when you run the football, and that's one thing that the Patriots do a lot. They that's don't. It's a major do it. red flag. It's a major red flag because when they put that fullback out there, they're just so good with yeah. James Devlin running the. Football. That's been their identity. The last few games and and the rams struggle they were very bad early in the season against 11 personnel runs but they fixed that they're so much better against 11 but their 12 personnel or 21 personnel has yeah. really fallen off i think the the uh patriots are going to have some success running the ball against them and i think down in the red zone i mean look brady's going to throw the ball he always throws the ball in the super bowl so i i think you know it's not like he's a sure thing to get one but i think that there's a good chance that he'll Tom get brady passing to no no uh well, Tom Brady's going to have passing touchdowns. Oh, right, right. That's a, that would be a Michelle, I think there's a good chance once gotcha, they get yeah. in there that uh, they're going to have some success running the football I also team. think we could see, on that same note, I think we could easily see like a pass to Gronk in the end zone that gets flagged for DPI. Yep. And then they run Sonny Michelle off the you know off the, uh, the side, right. off the edge and, and pop him in there easily. Uh, and that okay. would correlate to also you could take long, uh, shortest touchdown of the game. It's juiced up to minus 200 now. Yeah. The, it hit four times money. in the championship weekends. Yeah, sharp money, definitely betting the under and that it's one and a half yards you wouldn't take the over at plus 160 right i mean like i i wouldn't i mean there's supposed to be about like six and a half to seven touchdowns based on the spread um but too many I've, chances to, too many chances that there's probably going to be a uh, dpi or something now they don't call as many penalties in the super bowl sure but i think that there's these dbs are going to be a little bit grabby and I personally hey, would want to coach be. up my players to grab and to hold, but it becomes more obvious when you're in a condensed area that all those different eyes from the referees, all the different judges are going to be able to see something. Unless you're in New Orleans. And then Unless you're in New Orleans, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Warren Sharp, at Sharp Football on Twitter. SharpFootballAnalysis.com is where you can pick up the Super Bowl guide. Yes. And SharpFootballStats.com is where you can read all this wonderful information. Thank you for joining the podcast again, my man. Hey, thanks for having me, Will.